and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Ballman. On today's episode, we are sitting down with our guest, Adam Kinsman, County Attorney for James City County. Welcome, Adam. Good morning. It's my goal to make you laugh as we do this. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> I've already won. You've already won. I have. Okay. You're the county attorney. Why does James City County have an attorney? It's important to have a county attorney so that I remain employed, basically. Well, sure. Yes. Sure. Um, uh, but beyond that, let's see, not every locality in Virginia has a county attorney. Uh, every locality in Virginia has a Commonwealth attorney. And then localities have the option, have been given the option by the General Assembly to employ a county attorney. I've been employed by the Board of Supervisors to perform all of the civil legal acts of the county. A little bit different than the Commonwealth attorney. Most folks that come from other states will often call over and ask me if I'm the DA or do I have the address of the DA. In Virginia, that's called the Commonwealth attorney, and that's Nate Green. Okay. He's an elected official. Nate handles all of the criminal activity prosecution in James City County. We handle none of that. We handle, my office handles all of the contracts, any civil claims that go against or for the county, zoning, all the different myriad of things that don't involve criminal law are handled by my office. You'll find that really all of the larger localities have county attorneys because we have such a robust, if for nothing else, a contract mm-hmm. uh, actions in all of our counties. You think about all of the various purchasing that goes on. Anytime you see like our crews outside mowing and taking care of all the landscaping, well, there was a contract behind that weed whacker. There was a contract behind the mower. There's a contract behind the various chemicals that were put on the grass to make it green. And all of that eventually comes through my office. You can imagine that a Commonwealth's attorney who is more interested in making sure that you keep bad people off the streets, probably not going to want to spend a whole lot of time on that grass cutter contract. And so that's what we do. Well, that is very interesting. And I had no idea. There you go. We've only known each other, what, 14 years? Yeah. So, no, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I didn't know that that was what the difference was between a Commonwealth attorney and a county attorney. Yes. So you find Commonwealth attorneys everywhere and, and county attorneys in most places. So if there's not a county attorney, then the Commonwealth's attorney has to take those duties over. Okay. So some of your more rural localities out in uh, Western Virginia, where you don't have a lot of the services that are provided out here, your Commonwealth's attorney will do both. Okay. All right. Now, I assume that you do not do all of this on your own, that you have a staff. I do. I have an excellent staff. I've got two assistant county attorneys, Max Halaven and Liz Parman, and then I have an awesome uh, administrative secretary in Ray Gustav, who's also studying to be a paralegal. Oh, very good. Yes, so she'll be able to help us out even more for any of our litigation cases. Now, one thing that the people that listen to our podcast don't know is that our fabulous studio is actually a room in your office full of law books. It, it is. It provides some austerity for us. I like it that. Does. Yeah. It does. And it also provides soundproofing yeah, and, that, and austerity. That too. But that yeah. too. <laughs> Every attorney's office has to have a room of books. So okay. if for nothing else, you can take your picture in front of those books. <laughs> And every, if you look at every law site, every attorney, you, you cross your arms and you, you, you're in front of the Virginia reporter. So, oh. so, so you're looking at me. The Virginia reporters are behind me. Yes. You're feeling like I'm perhaps more intelligent than I actually am. <laughs> uh, really, in all honesty, these, uh, all the books that are behind me come from the Commonwealth. And we've, we've effectively uh, cut all of our print subscriptions. I'm finding, unfortunately, at 44 years old, uh, a different generation than my two assistant attorneys who do not care for print media. Mm -hmm. 
and we've moved mostly to online. Uh, I think I'm the only one in the office that still likes having a printed code of Virginia. Interesting. So, uh, unfortunately, all these books look really good, but not many of the spines are cracked. Gotcha. Okay. Now, you come to the role of a county attorney in a little bit different way. You did something for another jurisdiction before you became a county attorney, correct? I did. I, uh, I grew up in this area and had come here from sort of a long journey. I was a comprehensive planner for York County. Okay. So I did, as a staff person, I did use permits and rezonings. I did that for about three years. Following that, I kind of wanted more, Mm -hmm. and I knew it was a time to either go get my master's in planning or do something else. And uh, one day, I happened to take a practice LSAT online, did really well, and decided, well, heck, I'll become an attorney. And I think one of the best things about it is I didn't have any math on that test. (laughs) I'm really bad at math. Uh, My wife took the uh, the test to get her MBA and I looked at it and it was loaded down with math and I said, well, that's not what I'm going to be. Well, there you go. So a lot of my friends have these romantic uh, uh, pictures of why they became an attorney. They said, well, my father was an attorney. My grandfather was a judge. I became an attorney because the LSAT didn't have math on it. <laughs> that's awesome, Adam. <laughs> Very good. I did not know that either. There you go. Don't, don't have me do your checkbook. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So... Something that comes up on a regular basis that we hear about in the Board of Supervisors meetings, we read about in the media, is the Dillon Rule. Mm -hmm. And I think that it would be helpful if you could take a minute to explain to us what the Dillon Rule is. Sure. Again, a lot of the folks that come to us from other states are familiar with what's known as Home Rule. And Home Rule is really exactly the opposite of what we are. Uh, We're a Dillon Rule locality. The Dillon Rule came from John Forrest Dillon who was the Supreme Court judge of the Iowa Supreme Court in the mid-1800s. If you think about what was going on in the mid-1800s, you had Tammany Hall, you had all of this sort of the rise of the city, and with it, the rise of corruption. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been written that Mr. Dillon did not care for government, and so he came up with what is known as the Dillon Rule. And I found a quote from him. It said he didn't trust local government, and he wrote, those best fitted by their intelligence, business experience, capacity, and moral character did not go into local public service. Wow. So that's his background. Okay. Uh, he stated that it was a long-standing rule, and we can't find where this rule was ever spoken of before, but he said it's been a long-standing rule that localities don't have any power unless the General Assembly gives it to them. Okay. So in Virginia, we only have the power, powers that are expressly granted to us by the General Assembly, those that we can imply from the express grant of power, and those that are just absolutely indispensable to our existence. And so when someone comes up and they say, you know, hey, sometimes we'll get them from uh, from folks that have that are into animal rights. Mm-hmm. Well, Virginia law is very locked down on the rules that local governments can adopt for animal rights. So if someone comes up and says, hey, I, I think it would be a great idea if we said X, about animals, the first thing that I'm going to do is look in the Virginia Code and say, do I have authority to adopt that? And usually we don't. And at that point, I don't adopt it. And if it's something that that the Board of Supervisors wants, we go to the General Assembly and ask to have that power granted to us, Okay. Uh, which in and of itself is is something of a long ordeal because we don't have a full-time General Assembly. They only work a few months a year. So... Uh, if someone comes up with this idea in July, well, it's not going to get heard by the General Assembly until January. Okay. 
And that's something else that our office does. I go up and, and lobby for those laws that our Board of Supervisors wants adopted. Now, what's an example of something that we do not have to go to the General Assembly for? Well, that's anything that I can find in the Virginia Code. So okay. someone says, uh, we would like to adopt a rule that says you can't have a business operating from 12 to 6. And if I open up the Virginia Code and I find that there's a code section that says, if a locality wants to, you may adopt this, then we don't have to go to the General Assembly. We just go straight to the Board of Supervisors. Okay. James City County is also unique in that it is one of three chartered counties in the Commonwealth of Virginia. What does that mean? We have a separate set of rules, which makes it all the more complicated for my office, that guides our county. So every county is bound by the Code of Virginia. Mm -hmm. We have a charter, which is special legislation granted to us, and it's Chesterfield County is the other one with Roanoke County. So there's only three of us, and we have special rules that apply to only us. And so if you were to ask me, Adam, may we do this in communications? Mm -hmm. The first thing I do is I look to our charter and I say, does the charter address that specifically? And if not, then I go to the Code of Virginia, see does the Code of Virginia address it specifically, and then figure out whether I can do it for you or not. Why James City County, Chesterfield, and Roanoke? Charter is a local option. It's something that you you can ask to have... Uh, the General Assembly allow you to do. It seemed to be something of a movement in the mid-90s in an attempt to not circumvent the Dillon rule, but perhaps lessen its effect on us. And it was the thought that, well, localities can get charters. And for example, we're not allowed to tax cigarettes. Right. Cities can tax cigarettes. Counties can't. And so the thought was, well, let's get a charter and let's have the General Assembly grant only James City County the ability to tax cigarettes, and that way you've limited that law's effect from affecting all of the Commonwealth. Okay, okay. I don't know that that worked all that well. Okay. Um, as I I read our charter, we don't have any particular special powers that uh, don't already exist in the Code of Virginia. And perhaps it's because we haven't tried hard enough, but really it's, it's pretty redundant with the Code of Virginia, but we still look. Okay. Now, you've said that the counties are bound by the Dillon Rule. Are mm-hmm. cities as well? They are. However, they tend to have greater powers than do the counties. Okay. So they have an ability to provide more services. For example, cities will own their own roads. They own the sidewalks that are in the city, and they tend to provide a lot more of the basic services that are not provided by counties and are instead in counties provided by private services. Okay. With that additional ability comes additional liability. Absolutely. And so city attorney work is significantly different than county attorney work because they have to worry about tort law. They worry about slip and fall cases where we don't have to worry about that. We have what's called sovereign immunity and it's almost a get out quickly card for for localities because we don't have control over that. The Virginia Department of Transportation does Mm -hmm. our roads, uh, whereas in the city of Williamsburg, the city does their roads. So very, very different between cities and counties. There's not a whole lot of states that are Dillon Rule states. I think the majority, last time I looked, the majority are home rule states. As a local government attorney, I would always like to say, gosh, I wish we could be home rule because Dillon Rule frustrates me so much. And I'd love to be creative and come up with you know these new things and, and see if it works. But I suspect in practice, their code just simply reads different. So our code says, here's everything you may do. Mm-hmm. I can open up a page and say, this is what you may do. I suspect in a home rule state, they open up the book and it just says, 
these are the things you may not do. Okay. So I don't okay. know if in effect it's any really different, but it, it still gives us that green grass on the other side to sure. go look at. Sure. Is the Dillon rule at all involved with why we don't have county seats? Like I'm from Kansas mm-hmm. and you lived in the city of Wichita, but you also lived in the county of Sedgwick. I don't know that it's a Dillon rule thing. Okay. It's, Virginia is very unique in that cities do not share with counties. And right. so we are in direct competition with each other, um, whereas I'm aware in other states that uh, cities and counties will share in taxes and whatnot mm-hmm. so that counties will necessarily push businesses towards the city. Uh, here we we compete. Okay. Uh, and we're totally separate entities. So, yeah, I don't know that that's a Dillon rule thing. I think that's just the way Virginia is set up. Okay. We're unique in everything. Because we're special. That's right. <laughs> Tell me about what is the typical day like for the county attorney's office? There isn't one. Okay. Uh, every day is different, which is really what makes, one of the things that makes being a county attorney and working in the county attorney's office awesome. And I've, I get to relive that every now and then. I've been here long enough that it, it's hard to surprise me with something new. However, I have a new attorney, Liz Parman, who's been here for about six months, and I get to sort of relive the newness through her. Okay. And she'll come in the office and say, gosh, I never thought I would, I'd be working and doing this. So any given day, we're always, we'll come in the office and there's always a host of, again, contracts or paperwork that we have to review. We represent our Department of Social Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, Liz Parman handles that for us. So... There's always a number of social service issues that we need to look at, meetings we need to go to. Um, Social service court is always on Thursdays, so we're in court there. Zoning questions are always fairly common. And then uh, I help out with board of supervisors questions. And you really never know what's going to come up because their questions are often driven by constituents. Mm -hmm. And those are usually one-off questions. For example, one of the things that Liz and I were talking about the other day was, and laughing, did you ever think you were going to do this? James City County owns the marina, mm-hmm. and we're often trying to figure out how to dispose of abandoned things at the marina and abandoned things at our campground. So okay. uh, Max is very familiar with how to get a title for a camper. Okay. <laughs> and how do you get a title for a camper and then sell it? And Liz is now becoming familiar with how do you get a title to a manufactured home that's sitting at the marina wow. so that we can sell it on public surplus. Interesting, And that's just not one of the things you would think about us doing on a day-to-day basis, but it is. We're, we're trying to get as much money, purchasing tries to get as much money back for the county as we can. That was the manufactured home that was used by the Chesapeake Bay Experience. They're no longer in there. We have no use for it, so we want to surplus it. Sure. And the way to get the best value for it is to have a title, so we'll figure out how to do it. Interesting. It, it is. Well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? No, I think I'm done. (laughs) You think you're done? Well, you're not done, (sighs) unfortunately. I have a few questions that I like to ask at the end. This is your first podcast, so the questions are pretty easy. Okay. The more times you come back, I have to get a little bit more creative with my questions. So this shouldn't be too hard. All right, shoot. All right, first one. Okay. Do you have any children or pets? Yes, I have two daughters. One is 12 and one is 9. And... They've both sort of grown up here with me at the county. So my oldest took her first steps in uh, Building C, which is no longer here, wow. uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, we do have I have a menagerie of pets. Okay. Uh, each child has a fish. We have a 
dog Duke that came from Heritage Humane Society. We have a cat named Raisin who came from New Kent Humane Society. Uh, let's see. We have a barn cat. Oh, okay. That came from Williamsburg Heritage Humane Society. And then I have 15 chickens. 15 chickens? We have 15 chickens. Wow. Yes. Without a doubt, the dumbest animals on earth. <laughs> Just absolutely brainless. But as long as they keep providing eggs, we're good to go. Very good. All right. Now, I was given a hard time because I did not ask about a spouse for another podcast. Do you have a spouse? I do have a spouse, and she's uh, she has remained with me for, gosh, we're in our 19th year of marriage. We awesome. Met, we both met um, while undergraduate students at UVA. Uh, so Laura has her own business here in town, Williamsburg Estate Services, uh, which involves just a mass of moving furniture and getting people to where they want to be. So... It's pretty cool. And and I now have someone that can get me around Ford's Colony because I come I become completely lost <laughs> in that neighborhood. And she knows where every nook and cranny in Ford's Colony is. All right. So. All right. Well, what TV show are you into right now besides the Board of Supervisors rebroadcasts? Because I, we know that that's your favorite. When I'm not looking at Channel 48, which is really very rare. Right. Um, we don't watch a whole lot of the same program. I'll admit to watching a bunch of those house renovation programs okay. uh so whatever hgtv has on um really whatever the the new thing is on netflix we'll, we'll okay. watch so uh stranger things and glow and, and all that sort of takes our time but honestly i can't get my kids to bed before 9 30 these days so mostly it's whatever nickelodeon <laughs> kid comedy has on right now gotcha yeah. all right what is your favorite ride at bush gardens Apollo's Chariot. Apollo's Chariot. Everybody's roller coaster people. Everybody. Uh, I'd ride that 10 times over again and again and again. Really? Uh huh. It's, uh. it's odd as I you know, I grew up in Bush Gardens. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, my, my dad worked for Anheuser Bush, as most people did around here back then. And I spent entire summers there. So I, I know that place backwards and forwards. And that is the best coaster. Okay. Have you ridden Invader yet? I have. Uh, Invader's. Great. Unfortunately, a lot of people want to ride Invader, right. and it's a quick ride, so uh, I'll wait till it becomes a little less popular, okay. and then we'll go on there more often. Um, the older I get, the less I like going up. Okay. I don't mind the down. I don't like the up, and I really like Griffin, but I really hate going up. Really? Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> just straight up for me. Once really? we get up to the top and you see the ghost fleet, you can hang me on that hill for as long as you want, but... I can't get up fast enough. Is it the anticipation? Well, it's not because if you like to go down the roller coaster, I think it's because I think it's gonna. I'm gonna fall backwards or something. Oh, that would be bad. And then I think a lot about what if I got stuck right here? Would I have to walk down that hill? And yeah, yeah. I'd rather slide down than have to. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes no sense. (laughs) All right. Last question. Good. Pretend that you are. I've got got contracts to review. Come on. You are having a good time. Uh, Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Pretend that you are hosting out of town company Mm -hmm. at your house for the week. What are the experiences that you want to make sure that they have in James City County before they go back home? Gosh, well, we've actually done that. Uh, I make sure that we go to Freedom Park because there's so many really neat things there. Mm -hmm. Not only do you see a lot of the history, um, we take our mountain bikes out there. Go Ape is just really cool. Um, Because I have kids in the school system, we always stop by the various schools. Uh, It's fascinating to me to look at Matoka, where I've had one daughter go all the way through, and I have one that's starting third grade this year, and they have to endure the stories of when dad helped 
get the property out there. And oh, I went wow. out on Thanksgiving and helped get the water line easements and all that. So <laughs> that's always interesting for me, probably not our guests. Uh, we go to the marina. Uh, admittedly, there's not a lot to do right now, but when the brewery opens up, I think that'll be even better. Yes. So we, we definitely try to do that. And then lastly, everybody seems to have bicycles. So we do the, the capital to capital bikeway and try to uh, ride our bikes down to Chickamauga Riverfront Park. My kids really like the playground out there. Very good. Yeah, they used to have this really cool swing set that was clearly there since the 70s. Yeah. And probably completely unsafe. Right. And, oh my gosh, you could go really high on there. And, <laughs> and now it's gone. And it probably had to do with some lawyer saying that, that there was liability for it. But gosh, I miss it. Well, good. Well, that sounds like a wonderful vacation for somebody. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm I'm tourism coordinator now, too. Oh, you are. You can just do it all. Absolutely. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a good time. I did. Thank you for allowing me some time in my uh, office here. Yes, I think you're welcome. (laughs) I only take it over about once a week. I'm glad somebody comes in here and looks at these books because it's surely not my younger attorney. (laughs) Well, we would love to have you back again in the future. Probably not. Probably not. Well... We'll see. All right. All right. Thanks, Adam. Yes, ma'am. That wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you for tuning in. As always, please take a minute to go and subscribe to our podcast so you will not miss an episode. Thanks so much again, and we will talk with you next week.